0: Welcome back to an increasingly rare new episode of the Laracast Snippet. I need to get better at that. Just lots of stuff going on lately. Uh, but today, I'd like to talk about type hints and clutter and visual debt, uh, quote-unquote, as it relates to PHP. Uh, now, not too long ago at laracasts.com, I started a new uh, a new series called PHP Bits. And the whole idea was each episode is literally a two to three minute dose of knowledge or education or something you didn't know, or maybe a little bit of commentary on the culture and the community we have. Uh, and as it turns out, that very first episode was on this very subject. It was on not just type hints, but on not just on type hints but uh this general visual debt uh, and that's not that's not a thing to the best of my knowledge i've never heard anyone else talk about it it's just a nice and clean term that that i've adopted now as it turns out uh when i released that video it kind of made the rounds on twitter and lots and lots and lots and lots of people ended up commenting uh, either in support of it or completely condemning the entire video so it sounds like we need to talk about this a bit more we can review context, whether that even applies to the conversation, uh, and all of that good stuff. Okay, so first, wh- what, was, what was the gist, uh, so to speak, of the video? Uh, well, basically the video was talking about, uh, once again, this concept of visual debt. And uh, the way I would describe it is, every addition you make to your code, and this can be anything, it can be the addition of a variable, or a parameter, or a keyword, or the public protected uh, private keywords, or uh, the final keyword to make a class final, or a type hint, or a namespace, or an import, or a trait, or even an interface. Uh, I want you to think of these as like tiny little pieces of noise, tiny little pieces of visual debt. These are things that your eyes have to process every single time you open the file. And um, it it turns out, from the responses I got on Twitter, as it turns out, most people think in no way Are these things uh, potentially hazardous? They all benefit your code. They all benefit your team. And there's no question about that. Um, And I disagree completely. And I'm not, by the way, saying don't use an interface. I'm not saying don't use a namespace. Of course not. What I'm saying is, though, you need to measure these things. Because you know what? If you're not careful, they're going to keep adding more. They're just going to keep pouring more and more uh, complexity, more and more syntax, more and more things that, quote-unquote... Uh, protect you or or better spot errors, quote-unquote, or or help your team. There's going to be lots of excuses here, but there's no doubt in my book that every single time these new things get added, the code base becomes more complex, it becomes more difficult to take in, and once again, you accrue this, this concept of visual debt. It's junk and noise and crap that you have to take in every single time you open a file. And um, frankly, I don't care what anyone says, this will wear you down every single time. So in the video, basically what I did is I showed a basic, like, uh, event class, if I remember correctly, and it had many of the, uh, again, quote-unquote, best practices that are recommended with PHP 7.1. This includes some people just default to making all classes final for some reason, because inheritance is... Uh, a terrible thing, and we have to protect folks. Um, it includes, of course, uh, coding to an interface no matter what, because nothing can ever be concrete. It has to be abstract. Uh, it includes type hinting everything down to your scalars, like your, uh, your strings or your integers. It includes uh, return types. So if a method doesn't return anything, then We gotta protect folks, so we need to be explicit that this method uh, returns void. So you include a return type on it. Uh, It includes even things down to um, the public protected and private keywords. These are all things that people adopt, and the argument is they're doing it because it improves the project. Uh, And in some cases, this very well might be the case. But I think the, the side effect is more often than not, we're seeing people adopt these things, Just because um, dot 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 that that's what you do. That's what you do. That's what everyone else is doing. Um, I'm going to make this. I'm going to use this public keyword, uh, not because I have to. Because if I leave off that public keyword, it's just going to work completely fine. Uh, I'm going to do it because that's what you do and the same with maybe protected or private methods uh, i'm not going to use the old convention of an underscore for a method name to signal and to hint that this is a a private method um nope we're not going to do that we're not going to give people rope that can hang themselves that's terrible right according to according to so much of the the php community we cannot give people rope we cannot give people sharp knives so instead we we default to using uh the protected and the private and the public keywords and i do this myself but once again if if i ask myself why are you doing this um it does kind of boil down to like well That's just kind of what you do. I haven't thought about it too much beyond that. You know, so many of these things boil down to that. So many of these things boil down to, well, I really respect these people over here, and this is what they do. So by default, it's going to cascade down, and that's what I'm going to do. I promise you, this is how it ends up with so many people. And this is how some of these things cascade across a community so, so quickly. It's almost like a, a game of dominoes, where it starts with... Sometimes just a handful of influential people, and then it just cascades and stacks down all the way across uh, to everyone else. It's inflammatory to say that. Maybe it sounds like blasphemy. Maybe it sounds uh, condescending, like you're not thinking for yourself. Um, And I'm not suggesting that. What I am suggesting is more often than not with people, maybe not you, you know, it's never us. It's always someone else we have to protect. It's always the junior developer. It's never us. It's the junior developer or the other guy, or the other person on your team that's going to benefit from these things. So it's very much something to think about. Now, when it comes to type hints in PHP, uh, this very much can be the same thing. So um, I'm not suggesting you don't use type hints. I use them. If you've watched any LayerCast videos, uh, I use them all over the place. But at the same time, it does, I have to be honest, it feels a little silly that everyone is immediately adding the, uh, the string type hint or the void return type, um, these are things where th- there were no problems years ago. And the fact that somehow now, if you don't put string in front of the parameter name, somehow everyone on your team's just going to have no clue how to interact with this method, um, I think we have a lot of evidence to show that's just not, that's just not a thing. The Ruby community, they're not complaining about this. Uh, The Python community, I don't hear them complaining about it. JavaScript has been fine for a very long time. Of course, you have TypeScript now, which is um, statically typed, and a lot of people swear by it. And I guess that is an important thing to note, is that I know incredibly smart people who swear by uh, statically typed languages or getting as close to that as possible. Um, So they will instantly jump on board something like TypeScript or Hack, Uh, But at the same time, I also know equally incredibly smart people who uh, swear up and down uh, by dynamic languages and would never use something like TypeScript because they're just simply not fans of uh, static typing. Now, actually, on that note, uh, if if you want the quick quick difference between the two and then how PHP fits into that, you have uh, on one side of the spectrum, you have these dynamically typed languages. Think uh, PHP, think JavaScript, think Ruby, think Python. And this is a situation where uh, all of your type checking gets performed at runtime. So you can put whatever you want, and then at runtime, when it runs the project, that's when it will blow up. Now, when it comes to statically typed languages, they do the opposite. They will perform all of your type checking at compile time. So this will be your Java's, or this will be your C-sharps. This will be a, a TypeScript. So so imagine you have um, a, a class or a script, whatever it happens to be, that has some kind of error. Uh, with something like PHP or Ruby, it's going to, of course, compile perfectly fine. And then at runtime, you will spot the error. Uh, If you're using something like Java, it will, of course, fail at compile time. And this is why people split across the board. Some people really love the dynamics of a language like Ruby, and they feel it's it's far more object-oriented. It's more uh, in the spirit of object-oriented programming. Whereas other people see types as a way to enforce and to ensure... That at all times, you're being given exactly what you expect. And if you're not, then the project's instantly going to blow up and you're going to have better feedback, as they would say, as to what the problem was. But then once again, on the dynamic side of the spectrum, uh, they've figured out ways around this. And this is kind of the spirit of test-driven development that that grew out of the, the small talk movement. They found that if you implement good test-driven development, you're gonna spot these errors instantly as part of your test. Because if it doesn't matter whether you have the type hint or not, if the test fails, you know the code doesn't work. So what they found is, well, if we can do TDD here, then there's really no point. There's no point in bothering ourselves and and complicating things by adding uh, the types. But now how does this uh, affect PHP? Because PHP is not a statically typed language. It's dynamic but we do have this concept of type hints, which is almost like a, an optional type system for you. But in my mind, because, because it's optional, uh, you don't get that much benefit from it. Yes, uh, here, here would be the two benefits I would say you get from it. Uh, yes, uh, some extra documentation is useful. Uh, if you're browsing a code base and you need to call a method and it expects a object that conforms to this interface, Um, Okay, Uh, the documentation aspect is a good one. Uh, I think that's maybe the best one, really, uh, as it turns out. Even though I think most of the time, and with most folks, they're not actually going through the code to read the method they're calling, they're probably reading documentation. And the documentation, or the tests, of course, will describe how to interact with this method. I'm not sure, it just depends. Nonetheless, it's a valid valid, uh, argument in favor of them. Now, I suppose another valid argument is if you do have an error, uh, it's going to notify you much more quickly Uh, rather than uh, the method accepts whatever you give it and then it triggers the code and then at some point it blows up. Well, if if you use the type hint, it's going to blow up much sooner and you're going to know, okay, before I even get to the main contents of the method, an improper type was passed in. So I guess you can say that's valid. Um, Now, as for other, other defenses of it, Many of them relate to, like, it's it's better to to be explicit and to notify everyone else on your team what you expect for this method. Once again, maybe, maybe this comes down to personality. Maybe it comes down to, of course, what teams have decided upon. But uh, I do kind of agree that, in many ways, it kind of goes against the spirit of uh, messaging and object-oriented programming. And as I said on Twitter when this whole conversation was going on, it almost, uh, it almost assigns way too much importance to uh, the class when what you really care about is the, the behavior and whether it can respond to this message. So if you have a method that type hints um, event, okay, well, now you're saying the only way I'm willing to work with you is if you uh, are of this exact type. I'm judging you based on how you walked in the door. And even if you give me something that can do the job of an event... It doesn't matter. I'm not working with you. No two ways about it. And it's kind of weird, right? So once again, we're applying way too much importance on the class. Your method shouldn't care um, that an exact event class was passed in. Uh, It should care that it can do its job. And then uh, we can take that responsibility of ensuring that the, the object passed in conforms to what's needed. We can send that over to the sender of the method. So if I send this message... The data I'm going to pass to you, well, that's on me to make sure that it does conform to what you need. Um, but again, this is where this is where people disagree. A lot of people would say, no, it's the method's job to enforce. And it's going to be the bodyguard that says, unless you give me a string here, and unless you give me a, an object of this type, I'm not going to work with you. So it just comes down to how you see these things. Now, one response to, to my suggestion that it puts too much importance on the class. I think a lot of people would again say, "Well, that's why you have interfaces, Jeffrey. So you create an interface for that, and now you have a a contract that exists between the caller and the receiver." And okay, once again, that's fair, but we're adding more complexity. It's just it's there's just no two ways about it. And it's almost like if you're going to opt in to this approach, where now every single thing is going to be type hinted you as a result have to opt into all of these scenarios where you can't, you can't hard code the class here because of this very argument I'm making. So now you're gonna create an interface for it. And you're probably gonna create way more interfaces than you would before, not because you're getting a huge benefit out of them, but because you do need to allow for this scenario where objects of different types can be passed in, again, just as long as they conform to this interface. So it's a lot of work. And you know what? everything would still work the same if you had no class name as a type hint. If you had no interface name as a type hint, it's still going to work. Uh, So that being said, and and to wrap everything up, we can talk more on Twitter or LaraCast if you want. Uh, I still use type hints sometimes, but I try to limit them to where I get real value out of them. And a perfect example of this would be uh, the automatic dependency injection uh, feature that you get from Laravel or, or some similar languages. So, for example, if I type in request, or any class that I need, uh, Laravel is going to do its best to automatically inject that for me. And that's an instance where I see uh, the benefit of the type hint outweighing any argument against using them, because I do get a lot of utility out of it. But when it comes to folks recommending that final be applied to every class by default, I really don't get it. I honestly just don't get it. So yeah, all of this stuff, every single thing we've talked about in this episode, uh, I don't care what anyone says, it adds up and it adds up and it adds up and it's absolutely something that should factor into the discussion.